Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Jack Reeks, a 27-year veteran of the fire service. He is a lieutenant with the Chesterfield Fire and EMS in Virginia, currently assigned to Truck 3 at Station 3. Jack is a self-proclaimed bull of the fire service and an unapologetic, aggressive truck fireman and is okay with that. To get it, you gotta listen to the episode. He has a huge love for truck work with a specialty in search. Jack also believes being humble and vulnerable, which in return can go a long way for the individual within the fire service. With that, I present Mr. Jack Reeks. All right, my name is Jack Reeks. Um, and I guess question number one, how I got into the fire service. I guess I was raised in it. Um, my dad was a volunteer fireman um, in South Hill, Virginia. And I went to everything. And it's all... I ever wanted to do was go to the firehouse. Um, I used to ride with him to calls because that's one of the volunteer organizations where you put red lights in your vehicle, your, the pager goes off. Um, and it started off as those big, huge brick minotaur pagers, the big <laughs> red ones. And all I ever wanted to do was carry it around. Um, and then my dad would miss calls if I wasn't staying in the same room that he was in. So he was ate up with it at the time. And in turn, it made me ate up with it. So we'd go to the firehouse and, I pretty much lived in that firehouse in South Hill um, from the time I was like four or five years old on. And whenever I go there, I try to sneak away somebody's bunker gear and helmet and go stairs and play or um, play around the firehouse. Um, I used to try to sneak down the pole because they still got a pole. And um, when, when they weren't worried about kids getting hurt as much back then, um, this was probably in the mid eighties. Um, and uh, climb all over the fire apparatus. Um, and that's what, I guess, started my love for it. It was a very progressive organization then. Um, a lot of people, it was very family-oriented, and that's probably where I got my love for the family of the fire service. Um, always eating meals together. All the all the guys hung out um, when they weren't on calls together, the lake, um, going to movies and stuff. And the department would... Um, organize stuff outside of the department. Like I remember um, we all got together and went and saw Backdraft when it hit the theaters. And we had to drive down to North Carolina to go see it because we didn't have a movie theater. So we drive to North Carolina, I think Henderson, North Carolina to go see Backdraft. And that was it for me. Like uh, when I saw Backdraft, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, that movie and Top Gun came out at the same time. And I wanted to be a firefighter or a fighter pilot. And I wasn't <laughs> smart enough to be a fighter pilot. Um, I, I did end up in the Navy eventually, but as a firefighter. Um, but uh, backdraft is what did it for me, really, as corny as that sounds. Um, I ended up getting like the cassette with the, uh, and that shows my age, the cassette and the backdraft. I ended up getting the cassette with the soundtrack on it and I wore it out. <laughs> and had to buy another one and I wore that one out and um it was uh it's just everything I ever wanted to do um for I guess as long as I can remember was right. be a, be a fireman right um and it was because of that it was my dad and my dad remained a volunteer um 
I guess up until recently. And now he's just kind of, he stepped away because of his age and he still does shows up at all the events and everything like that. And it's funny because I got on that department when I was 16. Um, and that shaped me a lot. And I had some setbacks. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't doing everything I was supposed to do at 16 years old, you know, a typical teenager. And it, uh, it hurt me there. And I had to have some, some, uh, rude wake up calls and, uh, um, regather my love for the fire service. Um, and it's funny because I'm, I'm currently back on that department. Um, so been hanging around it since I was five years old and, and it's, it's still the same environment. It's still the same family environment. It's, it's great. And I guess that's what did it for me. Um, and I just, I've loved it ever since. It's like been everything to me. It's like, it's not, it's, it's who I am, I guess. And that was developed from, a very early age. Okay. Okay. Um, you mentioned backdraft out of, out of all the characters, who's your favorite character? It's bull. It's gotta be bull. Because, <laughs> because it, it's funny because people even say to me nowadays, and we'll bring it up and laugh. It's like, uh, do you wonder why you're stuck in Lieutenant for life? And <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm cool with it. Like, awesome. It's, uh, it's great. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to kind of switch this question up a little bit. How is the culture like within your station? Because being a lieutenant with Chesterfield, um, uh, you pretty much make the decisions, right? You you have big influence. So yeah, yeah. how would you describe the culture within your four walls of your firehouse? Amazing. Amazing. And my department, it, it goes by station. It really does. And I think that's how most departments are. Um, my, the all three shifts in my firehouse full of meat eaters. I mean, just want to get after it. They're there all for all the right reasons. And it, um, it they got there um, organically. I mean, like just a grassroots movement. Um, you walk in my firehouse and um, there's pictures all over the walls from when people were um, young. And I've been at that, depo- that station for 13 years. Um, and you go into some of the other firehouses in my department, um, and it, it looks like a doctor's office. The walls are bare. There's nothing there. Um, our doors have our logos on it. Um, we Last year, we paid um, a guy um, an amount of money to come in and freehand paint our logo and patch in our kitchen. It's huge. Um, everybody puts in their own money there to uh, make the station better. We've got um, truck company signboards in our hallways, uh, pictures from uh, the old guys, the old timers, and all the different apparatus we've had there. Um, it's a house; it's not a station, um, and that is largely due to the officers that we have there being into the job, mm-hmm. and the the fire firefighters that are that are into the job. And in my house, you either love it or hate it. Absolutely love it or hate it. And I think. The, the folks that are there for the right reasons love that firehouse. Um, it's a very busy house. It can, um, it can make you hate the job if you're not there because of how often you don't get sleep. Okay. Um, and, but if you are into the job, there's n- no better firehouse in my opinion to be at. I love it there. I hope I can, I, I got 10 more years left of me. I hope I can make it another 10 years at that firehouse. And I don't think it's just due to the company officers. Um, I think it's a, it's because they're the company officers are, 
part of the family. Um, they're, they're almost like referees. You know what I mean? I'm not there to tell you exactly what to do. I'm not there to remind you that I'm in charge. Um, I'm just there to kind of, to guide. Um, and, uh, I, I think, like I said, I think the guys and girls that show up there, show up there organically. They ask to come there because they know what the, the culture's like at that firehouse and they end up just being in the right place and through their career. And if they don't like it, you know, I'm not mad at anybody that wants to leave that firehouse um, because I, it's, it's been a hard 13 years there with the uh, lack of sleep and the types of calls we run, but um, I, my firehouse is excellent. I, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. Awesome. You can definitely tell you have a sense of pride and love uh, for your, for your uh, department. And not want to say that's rare, but nowadays it's hard finding individuals that, that have that same drive and passion. Um, but for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Chesterfield, your size, uh, how many stations uh, calls? Yeah. So, so um, we are at a full strength of about 600 people. Um, we run, I don't know exactly the number 20, low 20, some engines, um, 20, some, um, fire medics, um, six truck companies and two heavy rescues. Um, we've got, um, a scuba rescue team. Um, we've got technical rescue, which my house is the main technical rescue station in for the county. Um, we've got hazmat, we've got IMT teams now, um, we have peer support, we have um, a heart program, which is with the National Guard, um, so we've got firefighters that run uh, on their helicopters um, okay. for weather events, things like that, if they go to Texas or Louisiana for hurricanes or high water or stuff like that. Um, we are the um, state's Division One USAR team. Um, and it's 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 a good department and it's it's all in what we, we do run ems calls we run medic units um mm-hmm. but that it is what it is but um um it's it's a good department overall and um you know like i said it, it our department can run hot or cold depending on what firehouse you're at um and what the uh, the vibe is around those firehouses but we've got everything that you can ask for um the pay's good the people are good um no, um, yeah. Would I like to maybe do I do I regret my, not going to like trying to go to like Boston or FDNY? Yeah, sometimes. But my department, it's a good department. I can't complain. They they treat me well. Awesome. And like you say, like you just stated, that's that's anywhere. You know, you're gonna have your hot or cold stations. Um, guys that are into it, guys and gals that are into it, and guys and gals that aren't. You just gotta find your place, and maybe and maybe to find your place that takes traveling to different stations to, to fight, to try to find that crew that, you know, that, that has that cohesive bond. A hundred percent. You, you, you've got to mesh with people. And if you don't mesh with that crew, um, it, it, and it takes work. It's like a family, right? I mean, it, it takes work. Um, but, uh, if you can mesh with a crew and they actually become family and family's huge to me in the firehouse. Um, if you can mesh with that crew and, and find your family, your tribe, um, I don't care what station you're at. I could be at the slowest station in the county. And if I got those, those people around me, we're going to have a good time. We're going to get better. Um, and we're going to be ready for when that one a day call comes out or something like that. Um, in our department, we run, uh, I, I know you asked about call volume where we hit, uh, like 52,000 calls last year. 
Um, so, I mean, it's, it's relatively busy. Um, and in my opinion, um, there's a lot of stations that are busier, a lot of departments that are busier, a lot of departments that see more fire duty. There's a lot of departments that see less fire duty. Um, right. I wish I went to more calls. I wish, I mean, more fires. I wish I went to a fire every day. Um, but, uh, we, we go to what we go to and we stay relatively busy as a truck company and, uh, in a, a busy house on, uh, route one, um, and, you know, route route one across the country is pretty busy. Um, um, but I love it. I, I, I couldn't ask for anything, but I couldn't ask for better people around me. Okay. All right. Uh, would you say the way you are now as an officer, did you have uh, a certain person or persons that, you know, you looked up to that, that pretty much set the trend of who you are now? I think it's a, it's a mixture of a lot of different things. I've had some bad officers in mm-hmm. my career and I learned a lot from them. I mm-hmm. learned, man, I, I don't want to do this. I, I can't do this to my people because this is how you push people out of the fire service. Um, I've had some good officers. I had an officer that um, it's funny because again, I was, uh, um, I went to uh, a station fire station seven. It was a dual house um, right out of recruit school. And there was a captain there that was on the engine um, we called Mongo, um, big burly man. He was from Pennsylvania. His uh, all his entire family was in the fire service, and, and um, he ended up being a battalion chief, one of my battalion chiefs. And now he works over at Dupont. They've got their own fire service, which is in my first do. So I see him every now and then. But he taught me a lot, um, just of how the old school values are still there. Cause he was older when I got there and I was, you know, uh, fresh out the military, 22 years old. And all I wanted to do was uh, get after it. And, you know, he taught me the finer points of the, the old ways and the culture. And yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the ways I am now, I, I, I give credit to him. Um, um, chief, uh, chief McCarhar was his name when he, when he got out and we, everybody just called him Mongo cause he's such a big dude. Um, but him and then um, I found people outside of my organization that I wanted to um, emulate myself after. Um, I, and I tell people all the time to to don't always just focus on your organization. There's so many people out there. And mm-hmm. now with the Internet and podcast and these schools that we have, um, there's so many people out there that you can be like, yeah, I want to pick up a trait from them. Or, I'm, you know, I don't want to be like that. But you go to these classes and these training events and you, you get on these podcasts and you listen to people. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And you've just got to you've got to build your own, you know, and and be what you want to be as, as much as you possibly can do it. Because there's some days that I'm like, oh, man, this sucks. and I, I don't want to do as much as normal. And. And that's okay. I tell my guys all the time. It's 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 cool to have bad days, right? Every now and then, you just can't have an extended bad period. If not, <laughs> we need to we need to figure that out and see what's going on because it's too much riding on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say keeps you personally invested to to continue to stay positive and loving this job? Because I, like you said, I think anybody anybody out there listening would be able to agree you're not always firing on hundred percent every day. I mean, you know, you come into work and you're just not feeling it or something's hurting. Cause as you get older, you know, spoiler alert to the young, to the young oh, yeah. um, individual listening, as you get older, your, your body's going to change and you're going to start hurting in places you didn't know hurt. 
Oh but, man, who are you telling? I'm 43 years old. I come in and my knees and my shoulders hurt just from, you know, go to, we go to do uh overhaul and I come back and I'm like, everything's locked up in my shoulders and stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I guess what keeps me motivated is a couple of different things. It's the young folks in my house. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate in that in my house, I am the oldest person there by 10 years. Um, oh. And, you know, we're at a, we've got 10, 10 folks assigned to my house. Okay. Um, and I'm the oldest by 10 years. And I'm cool with that. Like, I've, I've handpicked a bunch of the, the young guys that, that came to work at, at my firehouse. And um, it keeps me motivated. And when I'm having bad days and, you know, we got a new guy that's doing his truck training that's assigned to the engine and um and we don't separate but we've got guys that are assigned to the engine and guys that are assigned to the truck um and we try to get all the guys on the engine called up to speed on the truck um across the bay and they come in and like hey boss uh, can you show me something today i'm like man i feel like crap but yeah let's go let's do it um, and even days that I've got, I'm swamped in administrative stuff and I'm like, man, I'd much rather be out on the Bay floor or I've got, I've got guys assigned to my truck that are top notch, absolutely top notch. Um, that are, I got two guys that are currently my right hand, both of them. Um, and, um, they'll, they'll, they'll take the reins and do stuff out in the Bay with the younger guys when I just don't feel like it or, or I can't because I've got so much stuff to do. Right. Um, so keeping, keeping those people around me, if you surround yourself with dirt bags, it's very easy to fall into that hole. Yeah. But if, if you surround yourself with meat eaters, um, and I had the luxury, um, because of the relationship I have with my battalion chief to kind of have a say in who comes to my house. Um, but it, you know, if you surround yourself with those types of people in your organization, then, um, it's going to keep you on the up and up. And the other way I keep myself motivated is going out and taking classes or teaching classes. Like Virginia has some of the best truck training in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's got Andy Frederick's training days. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got some of the best classes bar none that you could possibly go to. And I go to these things. I mean, that's like you've had um, Jess Rodzinka on your podcast before. He's one of my best friends. I met him because of um, Andy Frederick's training days. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Brad Clark. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely solid dude. I loved him. We were great friends. Um, and it was a, you know, a tragedy to the fire service when we lost him. But I met him at Andy Frederick's. Um, and, you know, um, I got guys from Norfolk, Bob, Bobby Matthews, who's the rest, captain of Rescue One um, in Norfolk. He's another one of my good friends. And we all met at these conferences um, or these truck schools that we were um, either taking or teaching at. And it's I, I, I was like, those are the, some of the dudes that I want to be like. I mean, and they're my age. Right. Um, so but they had already, you know, kind of had it figured out, like. Bobby, Bob, we call Bobby, Bobby Matthews old. He's not much older than us, but I mean, he was a, he's he's a good officer. Um, He had the motivation down and, you know, he's just a great dude. Jess is the same way. And we just feed off each other. Like when I'm, I'm in a bad place or don't know what to do something. I've got those dudes to call and be like, Hey man, what would you do in this situation? And I've been an officer now for eight, nine, 10 years, 10 years, something like that. Um, And so my phone calls aren't as, 
as often as they used to be to say, Hey, can you help me out with this stuff? But, uh, um, they're there. I call them to, to pick me up. And then when we see each other, I mean, we, and we all live two plus hours away from each other, but we all try to go to the same stuff. You know, we, we go to Andy's together. We, we went to Lexington this year, the past two years for Andy's in Lexington and it's, I get re-energized, you know, and going and teaching at these truck schools, like the Bedford uh, truck school, Smithfield truck school. Um, I go and I get re-energized because those, those people that are at those classes have paid their own money to come mm-hmm. to them. They want to be there. Nobody's forcing them to be there. Like right. if you go teach in service at your department or something <laughs> like that, you got guys that don't want to be there. And it's obvious. There's nobody like that at those truck schools. Right. Right. right? All those instructors are there because they want to be, they're not getting paid. They're taking their own leave. Um, they want to be there to make the fire service better. And that it just, it, re, it recharges the battery for me every single time. And that's why, you know, people ask me, why are you taking all your own personal leave to go to these schools? I'm like, because if I don't, I might turn into a dirt bag. Like <laughs> I've, I've got to be around these people to know that, this is what the fire service is all about because not everybody's about that life. And, you know, I want to stay being about that life until I retire and hopefully beyond. So that's how I stay energized to the fire service. Cause it's easy. It's easy to lose it. I mean, very easy to lose it, especially the older you get and the the people you have to deal with um, in a career service or volunteer service, they can get you to the point where you're like, man, this isn't what I signed up for, but it is what you signed up for. You just gotta, you just gotta get past those crappy moments. No, absolutely. Hit, you hit it on the nail hundred percent. I can't argue with, with anything you just, uh, anything you just said. Um, and you mentioned, uh, uh, truck, pretty much truck ops is, is, is your, is your go-to. Is that what you, yeah. that's what you like? Yeah. Search, search is my, my bread and butter. I love, the search to teach but any of those truck ops are, are i love it um like i do the can and stuff like the can confidence course in um bedford um i, I and, and it's funny because i don't like to get uh i don't like to paint myself in a corner with uh, the things i teach so uh the chief in bedford will, will will laugh at it monty coleman um i have to change up about every two to three years what i teach because i don't want to be like i started off at the walker sisk truck school somebody gave me my break there you know probably 12 more years ago to teach ladders because nobody wanted to teach ladders and it was always yeah. the lowest it was the lowest ranked portion of that school every year they did like they they would do uh, a critique and ladders was always the worst uh-huh. and i was like i got this you know yeah, give me a shot and me and another guy from my department um took that over and it um and really put a lot of effort into it and it kind of it, it became one of the highest ranked um portions of that school and and i did it for years and years and years and i was like I got to get out of this. I don't want people just to see me as the ladder guy. You know what I mean? So, um, and it's time to turn it over to somebody else because I'm teaching the same stuff year and year, year, year after year. So I want somebody, some new blood to get into it before it becomes a lowest ranking course of that truck school again. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, any of the truck ops is my thing. I've never been an engine guy. I've, again, I've been in with Chesterfield for 20 years. I've been assigned to an engine company um, for about two and a half of that. 
Um, my career has been, my career has been very fortunate that how early I got onto a truck company because it doesn't happen that often anymore in my organization. Um, and, um, I've been at dual houses and our dual houses are a lot of times where the meat eaters live, the guys that just want to get to it. Um, and, um, I've been very fortunate. So I, I don't have a whole, I love my engine guys. Like, Mm -hmm. right. We'll, we'll, we'll bust each other's balls all the time about engine truck. That's what we do. Like they call me fireman's help. I follow them hose dragger. Um, so I love them. I, I like guys that are motivated to be on the engine. I can't do my job as a motivated truck officer and a, with a motivated company if I don't have a motivated engine officer with a, a motivated company with them. So, um, but yeah, that's that's where my passion is with the, all, all things truck. Okay. All right. Uh, in your opinion, what key elements or factors do you think are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? Um the ability to be humble, um, the ability to um, be vulnerable to, to, for people to see when you mess up and for you and everybody around you to know, know what you don't know. It's important to me as an officer, if I've got somebody brand new in my jump seat that we're doing uh, truck training with or they de- happen to be detailed in for the day and, you know, we're going to have the conversation about, hey, man, um, what do you know? Um, what do you feel comfortable with? You know, how many fires have you gone to? Um, so that's important to, you know, not be um, so over the top with, I can do this, I can do that. Just just be humble and be like, man, you know, I know a little bit, but there's always room for improvement. Um, another one is, is to be self-motivating because – I truly believe the fire service is separated into, I call it my, my 10, 80, 10 rule. Um, I believe 10% of the fire service are hundred percent meat eaters 24 seven. Like their motivation is um, almost uncanny of how they're able to self-motivate. Um, I believe there's 10, 10% of people in the fire service that should have never got past the higher interview. It shouldn't be there at all. And I believe the, there's 80% of the people in the fire service that are there for the right reasons and but can go either way, depending right. on the people they're around. Right. Um, if you surround yourself with shit bags, that's where you're going to pull yourself to. Just that's that's it, because not everybody's self-motivating. They'll 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 let them get get them down because, you know, they don't want to train. They don't want to they don't want to go to any conferences. All they want to do is sit around the kitchen table and complain about they're not getting paid enough. Um, This sucks. That sucks. We don't have good enough equipment. But um, if you surround yourself with those other 10 percent of people, even if it's just one of them at your firehouse and you attach yourself to them, um, it can push you into the, the fireman that you're supposed to be or that you want to be. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in the negativity around mm-hmm. firehouse because we know it's there. there. There's people that are, they're super negative about everything regardless. And then there's, there's guys that, uh, you know, you couldn't change their mind if you beat them over the head with a pot. Right. Like they're going to love the fire, the fire service. They're going to love the job no matter what. And they're always positive. So a young firefighter's got to find one of those people. And, you know, when I teach, I, I'm, I give a lecture now on, on residential search. 
And one of the, the things that, that comes up in it is my big thing. Um, you've got to find one of the best searches you'll ever do. Or the most important search you'll ever do is the search for your passion um, and finding that passion and then running with it and not losing track of it. And I tell guys at those classes, like if you don't have one of these types of people in your organization, uh, I'll be it. I'll give you my phone number. Um, yeah, I might be older than you, but man, I, I've been there. I've done mm-hmm. it. Um, I can get you hooked up with somebody that's your age, um, your tenure that can that you can call. You've got to have somebody when those mutts get you down that you can call and recharge. And a new firefighter's got to find those people. You've got to seek them out and find them because they're out there. It's a lot of them out there. It's a lot of good dudes and girls in the fire service that um, are happy to talk all day about uh, what they know and why they love the job. They've got to find them. So um, those are the big things that I think are going to make a great firefighter. Um, you can you can be the best um, shape, um, whatever, um, that you can possibly be. But if, if your mental game isn't on point, as far as and you let people bring you down, next thing you know, you're a dirtbag. And it's hard to come back from that. Um, e- reputation in the fire service yep. is is hard to come back from. You know, if you if you develop a reputation of being a dirtbag, that's a hard climb out of that hole. And it's, it's going to be difficult. So right off the bat, you've got to find somebody that you can um, just watch and bounce ideas off of and emulate yourself off of. Um, there's going to be a ton of people in, in your career that you're going to be like, man, I don't want to do that. That that dude is is not where I want to be. Um, they're easy to find. They're going to be they're going to be very front and center in your career. Those bad officers, bad firefighters around you, um, um, the quiet professionals, the meat eaters, that ten percent that are going to be quiet and um, be a little more difficult to find. But if you walk outside and find the ones that are throwing ladders by themselves at eight o'clock at night or that are outside washing the rig and buffing the wheels at seven o'clock in the morning, those are the guys that you just want to, hey, let me attach myself with them. And uh, I think that I'll go places in my career. That's how I've always looked at it anyway, is just try to try to align yourself with the people that, um, you want to be like, and the new firefighters have got to figure those people out. And a lot of cases, because if, if you can end up at a house that's not like mine, that um, people don't want to do anything and it's easy. And then you're sucked into that vortex of poop. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. just get, just guys that don't want to be there. Um, and they can be very dependent on house. Like we've already talked about. Um, so if you get sent to a crap house and you don't have, that guy there, that girl there that are, that's all into it and is there for the right reasons, you're going to have to seek them out someplace other than your, your station. Um, and I say station, I call those places fire stations. Um, they're not firehouses. Um, you you got to find those people that, that are going to take you to a place that uh, you want to go to. And I think that's the super important piece of advice I can give to somebody getting into this right now. No, and it's and it's a hell of an advice because 
I mean, you, you you hit the nail on so many heads because I know I've been I've been in those places where I mean, unfortunately, at some places, you know, if, if you're able to transfer out, that's cool. But some places, you know, you're gonna have to do your time. You're gonna have to do your time with those bad officers, with those uh, not motivated firefighters. That, and I'm using that. I'm using a nice word um, for that. But yeah, it's it's difficult, and you gotta you gotta find it in you to continue going. Because I know there have been plenty of times where I'm like. Why am I in this bay by myself? You get frustrated, but then to me, the end, the end all result is because you want to better yourself because the day is coming. You could be on a department right now that, oh, we don't need, I don't need to worry about this because we don't, we won't have this in our area. Your day is coming. And that's how, oh, man, that's, yeah. that's how I look at the job. The, the, uh, the Super Bowl of all Super Bowl calls is going to occur and it's going to be at your station, your department. And you got to be ready for it. A hundred percent. And that's, uh, you know, I, I like to put my gear out every morning. It's, I get to work an hour early. I put my gear out and I like to tell my guys and they've usually already done it. I mean, that's one of my expectations as an officer that I give to my new guys. I don't care if you sit around the kitchen table till eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, drinking coffee and bullshit. As long as you got your gear out by the ride, because that, eight oh, you got to be prepared for that 801 call. And I, I, it's the same way with motivation. Um um, as soon as you let your motivation start uh, taking a downhill turn, um, this job will humble you. This job will bring you back. It's like, man, that could have got me hurt bad or it could have got somebody else hurt. Or did I did I perform to the level that I could be I should be performing to at that call? Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly it right there, because uh, that, and that's that's to me, that's the part where I feel like a lot of these unmotivated or complacent individuals are at it's because it hasn't happened until it does or it happens to somebody that they know for them to go oh crap you know I, I think I need to change my ways but I hate the fact that that's what usually has to happen for it to occur because um I was I forgot what somebody posted something about um uh being at a station where, you know, with, with firemen, you know, the, the urinals, you find certain things on the urinals and it's like, why not clean it? And then I mentioned, hey, we had a situation like that within my department. And you tell whichever shift it was, hey, this is what we got going on. And instead of making it better, they regressed back to making it worse. And uh, I believe it was Justin McWilliams who who commented back if that's the case, your department has some major issues and yeah, he's right. Or those individuals have issues. And I, but you know, I'm to the point now where I don't really know what else to do because our department gives us the best equipment that they can. Our pay is good. Can it be better? Of course, anybody's pay can always be better, but yeah, but I get did paid. it for free forever. So. <laughs> right, right. And so, and so, you know, that's, I started as a volunteer. So yeah, I totally get it. You know, I, I did it for free for, for a long time, but we get paid very well for what we do. And the thing is when you try to talk to these individuals who aren't on the same page as you, it's, you're trying to get them to see, you know, we work 24 hours. There are some shifts where you're going to sleep at night. That's a good shift. There are departments yeah. out there where once the sun goes down, they're up all night long running calls left and right. You know, we want to bitch and complain and gripe, but 
we really have it good. Yeah, there's there's some things that we would love to change. When to me, when that's it's when I call it, it's a above my pay scale. When it's like up uh, regarding administration, but there's only certain things you can control. But you could definitely control if you're an officer listening to this, the individuals that you lead under. They're looking at you. So if they see that you're bitching and complaining, they're just gonna go, hey, you know that's cool. I can do that too. And the, the, the shifts never, uh, you know, they never get become cohesive. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a lot of fire departments or a lot of individuals can attest to this. You have, depending on your shifts, you either have three or four different types of fire departments where I'm trying to get it to be where, why can't we be like this department where everybody is dialed in and cohesive? And it's, it's hard to get that when you, especially if you're like at our house, we're a dual house with 10, 10 folks there. Um, I, but I think it's possible, but you're never going to get everybody on the same level. I, I still think you're going to have that mid 80% of people that, you know, and, and that scale, you know, your timber top 10% are mediators, your bottom 10% are shit bags and your middle 80, they can go up that scale towards the top 10% or the bottom 10%. And, and they can be right dead in the middle. And, and that's cool. Um, and I think you can talk to these people as an officer and I'm, I'm exactly where I wanted to be. I never wanted to go up any higher in the ranks. I, I thought forever. I just wanted to be a backstep truck fireman. Um, but I wanted to kind of um, increase my um, area um, that I was able to influence um, and pick my crews um, on my own. Um, but you, you've, you've got to surround yourself. And if you're in a, if you're in a crappy house, um, again, you've got to go out of that house and then work your way to get to that new house um, to where those people are that you want to be like. Um, but it, it's, again, it's very easy to not love the job. I mean, especially in a career department where there's so much other stuff going on, you know, your target solutions, your EMS calls, everything yeah. else um, you get thrown up on, crapped on, whatever. And if you do have low pay or, you know, the, you know, it's not exactly what you want to be. It's easy, easy to, to get discouraged, but um, um, hopefully it, you'll see that and you'll work your way up the chain of command. And as you work your way up, your circle of influence um, gets bigger and you can start making some drastic impacts on stuff. Um, like uh, again, I, t I talk about family, family's huge um, in my station, my house. Um, like we have all of the families come together for multiple times in the year, like um, Easter, Christmas. We um, we do Easter egg hunts for our kids. Um, even the guys that don't have kids because they're too young, they're, they're about hiding Easter eggs and cooking on the grill and having their, their girlfriends over and their families over. Um, we do Halloween. We, we get all the families in and we carve pumpkins together. Um, and I think when they see the people that are, that are going to move up, out of that 80% into that uh, towards that top 10%, you can talk to them until you're blue in the face, but until they see it, it's, it's not going to change. It's that peer pressure that, okay, all the dudes and the girls are out in the Bay right now running um, front porch drills. Um, and I'm in the kitchen drinking my coffee. I should probably go outside and do some front porch drills. Or I could sit there as an officer and pull them in and close the door and see and be like, hey, you know, you suck, right? That this isn't working out. You need to do better. That's going to go in one ear and out the other. Um, because 
who wants to be, you know, crapped on by their officer. Sometimes it, it, it's necessary, but if, if you just go out there and start doing stuff and say, Hey, uh, have, do you know how to uh, start the saw when it gets flooded? And like, nah, then let me show you. Okay. And just little things like that instead of, instead of crapping on them. Um, and they'll eventually, I think they'll eventually come your way. I've seen a bunch of, of non-motivated people get into the job because of peer pressure around the firehouse. Right. Um, just watching other folks do what we're supposed to do in this job. Absolutely correct. Um, in your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Accountability. Um, we've got to hold ourselves accountable before the public does. Um, you've seen what's happened to the to the boys in blue, the police service, uh, how the public are holding them accountable. It's only a matter of time before the fire service is held accountable by the public. And we need to hold ourselves accountable um, and really look at ourselves and be like, are we really doing what's best for the public? Yep. Um, before we end up on the news and they start to defund the fire department um, movement. Um, because um, the measure of the fire went out and everybody went home is yeah. not the measurement that we <laughs> yeah. should be looking at. Right. I 100% believe that everybody should be going home, but it's not because the foundation is all that's left um, or we had a civilian die because we weren't prepared. Um, we've got to hold ourselves accountable, but we've got to hold ourselves accountable in the right ways. Um, and Monday morning quarterback and everything everybody else does in the fire service, I don't think is the right way to do it. Like YouTube um, has been an awesome tool for the fire service, right? Because uh -huh. I can bring my guys in, they're doing their truck operator stuff and I can be like, all right, what's your mindset? What are your priorities in this fire? Um, or when we're doing acting officer stuff, all right, I need you to mark on, tell me what you're going to do, where are you going to put your first line, stuff like that. But it's also been a curse because People are so quick to call each other out um, behind a keyboard about something they did wrong or something they thought they messed up on. But then if you see a, a firefighter in your organization that is a dirt bag that walks around with their shirt tail and um, their Crocs on all day and all they want to do is take a nap and don't want to do anything, nobody says nothing to that guy. Right. You, you've got to hold – your people accountable first before you can get on the internet and start uh, land blasting people, not in your organization about why they didn't do this. It, there's a lot of people that suck in this job um, and they seem to get put on the internet first um, than the guys that are doing what they're supposed to be doing all the time. Um, but you've, you've got to stay on the home front and hold your own people accountable and really look into it and be like, Hey man, um, you didn't do a good job with that ladder throw. It, it looked like, man, let's, let's go, let's go see if we can work this out. If you're not hot washing after every single fire um, or every single extrication or whatever it is, if you're not hot washing with your crew, after every one of those jobs, while that, that, that job is fresh in your memory, you're, you're wrong. In my opinion, um, you've got to hold yourselves accountable. Could you have done better? 
or what did you do wrong? Um, or what can we do to improve next time? You've, we've got to hold ourselves accountable. It, it, it's coming. I think it's coming. And um, I'm, I, I don't know that it's a bad thing if the public start, starts holding us accountable. Um, because we took an oath, we signed up for this, um, and people are forgetting it. Um, people are forgetting that it's, it's, this is their job. And even if you're a volunteer, it's still, you signed up for this right? Um, to be the best that you can be when somebody's having the absolute worst day that they could possibly have. Um, I think that's the big thing the fire service has got to do with accountability. Um, and I'm, I might get on my soapbox here for a second, but I think one thing that's uh, really wrong with the fire service today is that loss of family. Um and I think we can do better about it. Um, it. My organization is no different. We're building firehouses with separate dorm rooms for everybody um, where everybody can go to their own bedroom at night. And um, I think it's uh, it's hurting the fire service overall. Um, my house still has a, um, a gang bunk room, um, a day room. Um, you could I can walk in any firehouse at 730 at night. And almost instantly tell how that firehouse operates. You walk in the day room and there's nobody there because they've all gone their separate ways. They're in their own bunk room. They're doing whatever. But when you walk into a house at 730 at night and the majority of the people that that work there are sitting in the day room watching a movie or giggling and laughing or pulling pranks or something like that, that's probably going to be a high performing firehouse. Um, and I, I know with the, the way the world is going today with, um, how people feel, people's feelings get hurt and everything, um, these individual bunkers are becoming a thing, um, and nobody's spending time in, in their day room. Um, I think this is when, again, the dudes and the girls that are really into the job and the officers have to almost work and make people come together at the kitchen table, um, after, you know, when everybody's free to go do their own thing, like after five o'clock at, our, at my department, everybody can go do their own thing. You know, working hours are over unless you run a call. Um, but, you know, when people are still getting together and they're laughing and they're joking and they're talking about jobs and what they would do and training, you know, after that mandated period of when you've got to be working, I guarantee you that's a high performing firehouse. Um, you know, we've got a big bay table out in between the truck and the, and the engine. And, you know, all hours of the day, you'll find dudes sitting around that talking about um, burning down uh, a hazard in our in our first due or burning a, a single family dwelling down in our first due. And, you know, it, it, it that's where so much is learned is the kitchen table, the day room and that big bay table. That's where so many lessons are learned and so many um, um, pearls of wisdom are passed down from the senior guys to the junior guys and, and vice versa. So. Um, I think the loss of family has got to be fixed um, in the fire service. And I'm not saying it's gone everywhere, but I think it'll help a lot of places and accountability. Um, you've got to be a master of your own world. Um, don't like you were talking about earlier. Don't don't complain about what admin's doing. Um, if if your house is is a shit show, you know, yeah. don't. You've got to you, you've got to stay close to home. And I think so many movements, motivational movements, classes, stuff like that. And again, what what other people see are homegrown. You've got to start at the smallest level and, and, and let it blossom. 
and, you know, and people are the right people are going to come around you if you do the right things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, and you know, firemen want change whenever, whenever firemen want change, they want it instantly. And of course that's not how it works. It's gotta be a slow roll. And I look at it as whatever, whatever situation any, any individual listening to this is in, just remember, it won't last forever, whether you're with a bad company officer or you're just not meshing with the crew or you're at a, a slow house or whatever the case may be. Everything comes in waves and everything takes time, but you just have to make do with what you got at the end of the day. I mean, unless I mean, unless it's that bad where if it is that bad and you can't take it anymore, then, you, you know, there are plenty of departments doing lateral hirings or that they're hiring regardless. So. Um, I, I do like what you said, the, those two factors, um, because I mean, my, my station is a prime example. Of, it's a brand new station. We uh, so we have a dorm room, but the engineer has his own uh, uh, living space. The captain has his own living space and it's just me and another firefighter. But we're separated by a wall. It, it's a it's a cubicle, a big cubicle, but we have walls from floor to ceiling and, and, and a little doorway to get out, but it's not that, that gang type style, uh, type of firehouse. And, you know, our station is fairly large, so it is kind of easy to go hide and nobody know where you're at. So I, I, I get, I get, and what look, you're I, I think everybody needs some time alone on the job. Sometimes people yeah. get on each other's nerves. Like oh, there's yeah. so many personalities with a 10 person firehouse. People can, get on each other's nerves and you need your space. Um, but if you're really into this job and you really want this to work out, you sometimes you, it's just like with my, my regular family, I've got a wife and two kids. Um, they get on my nerves sometimes, <laughs> right. right? But I've, right. I've got to, I've got to make it a point to, uh, to do family stuff. Right? right. Even when I don't want to, like, you know, let's, let's go to a theme park and, and ride kitty rides all day. You know, I don't necessarily you know, this isn't something that I, I want to do, but you know what? It's about the family. It's right. not about the individual. So I've got to do what my kids want to do, you know, regardless. And it, you sometimes you've just got to do what the family does. And I, you know, I might be different than a lot of other officers. I'm uh, I'm will even say that, you know, I'm um, more firefighter like now than not officer like I am and you know it just it works for me like I've got my own office with my own bunk room I don't use it I go sleep in the back with the guys in the in oh, the, wow. um, the big bunk room um, I let so our ambulance crew has their own bunk room so they don't wake up the engine and the truck every night while they're gone out you know if they go out when the engine and truck's not out um, and you know it's a small bunk room so I let them those guys have my office so they can change the frap to the uh, medic frap. So you got one guy sleeping up in my office and another guy um, sleeping um, in the medic bunk room. But that was taught to me early on. Um, I, I've had some officers that didn't sleep in um, their officer quarters and it kind of just worked. Um, and, you know, I'm really tight with my guys um, and, we, I want to be around them. Um, and you know, it, you know, if they need space away from me as the officer, then, you know, they'll say something to me about it, but I don't like sleeping up front by myself. You know, I like being immersed in the firehouse life 24 seven, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm not knocking any officers that 
that sleep in their own quarters. Uh, I think it's good to have a small amount of separation from that company officer to that firefighter. It just shouldn't be a lot. Um, you sh- in my opinion, you shouldn't be on a pedestal, untouchable, unapproachable. Um, you're a company officer. You're one step above these guys as far as rank. Um, and, and, and I shouldn't have to remind them that I'm their lieutenant. They know um, they're, they're going to they're gonna follow me because they want to, not because they have to. And that's, a, that's something I have to work on every day to make sure these guys still see me in that light, you know, and I'm not saying uh, you're going to call me Lieutenant Reeks or, you know, this is, this is my, my job. This is, don't you worry about it. No, I want my guys to be able to do do the exact same thing I can. Um, And, you know, I've got a guy in my front seat today, like we call him Day Day. He's a, he's a, a giant child. I love him. He's one of those dudes that he will kill himself to come get me if something happens to me in a fire, but a hundred percent, trust him to do my job when I'm not there because I'm on vacation. Same with, I got another guy. It's funny. I got another guy that works for me named Jacob Newton. Um, his dad was my battalion chief um, when I was a rookie. Um, and now he works for me. Um, and this dude is uh, as sharp as they come and is going to go a long ways in the fire service and be as good as he wants to be. And he he's going to be a fire chief somewhere, but I trust that dude 100% to make those decisions when I'm not there. And I think it's because of that family and we hold each other accountable. And if, they, if I'm screwing up, those guys will hundred percent be like, Hey boss, that won't the right thing to do. That, you're screwing up. And I want that. I want that, that dual sided accountability, just like I said, and, you know, and me sleeping in the back, it's again, it's that family thing you know um i want to be around those guys all the time it's just how i am you know yeah no i mean it's that's awesome that's that's awesome because you don't you don't hear that a lot so i definitely i i I commend you on that and i also like hearing if you're screwing up you want your guys to tell you hey i'm screwing up because you know so many people have that fear oh well he's my officer i'm not really gonna say anything no i mean officers make mistakes you put your pants on like i do every morning so yeah, when you have that that type of bond, you know, within within your your crew, your station, man, it 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 makes the job well worth it for sure. Yeah, we call it we call it kicking rocks. We're gonna go out back and kick rocks. That means, hey, we need to talk about something, and that's something else I don't do as an officer. I don't pull people in the office and close the door. I think that's got such a negative um, um, light to it in the fire service when the officer, you know, every time somebody pulls the a firefighter into the office and closes the door, all the rest of the firefighters are like, Ooh, right. Right. Do, do. So right. I call it kicking rocks. Um, we're going to go out back and we're going to kick rocks and we're going to talk about it there. I'm going to, you know, you, t- you, you come to me and say, boss, Hey, can we go kick rocks? Yeah. And if you tell me, Hey, I think you did this the right way, or man, this, this, uh, I think we could have done this a different way. That's accountability. Well, you're holding me accountable, just like you know I'm going to hold you accountable. Like I don't ever want to do the side of my job that might get you in trouble, but you know I will. Um, and I've got to be that way as an officer. Just like I know that you're not going to pull any punches with me when I screw up. You're going to tell me, "Hey, boss, you screwed up." I think we could have done this different and it was your call because ultimately I'm responsible for everything. I want that. How am I going to get any better if nobody's telling me that I sucked or not? Right. Right. 
100 man um like i said jack it's, it's this is great uh this is a good conversation i appreciate you uh accepting my invitation and coming on man and 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 preaching the good word for sure uh it's been awesome man is there anything else you want to say before before we go man it's just stay self-motivating um again brad saying is is the best you know don't listen to the mutts when they bark and and they're going to bark people are going to complain people are going to look at you and say what are you doing all this for and they're they're going to call you names because you're more motivated than they are they're going to be like, hey, I don't know what this dude thinks he's doing, perfecting the craft and all this crap. You know, we're just going to go to an EMS. Screw them. You know, we don't want to hear that. Don't listen to it. Be self-motivating. Find those people in your organization. Find those people outside of your organization. They're going to keep you accountable and that you can emulate yourself. Oh, fuck. Don't just listen to the, the negative Nancy's and the downers in your organization. Um, if you have them around you, self-motivate. You, you, you've got to be self-motivating in this job. And remember, it's worth it. Like mm -hmm. we are counted on to be at our best. People are, are, are calling us because they know we're going to fix their problem. And you've got to remember that, that that's what we're here for. Right. Um, people still love the fire department. Give them a reason to love the fire department. Um, and that starts with self-motivation. You, you've got to go out there and make yourself better, be better, and find those people and those places that are going to are gonna motivate you and teach you something. I mean, it's so much information out there. If you expect your organization to teach you everything you need to know for this career and to be good at the job, you're wrong. You've got to seek outside of your organization just to see how other people do it and what other ways are out there. And then bring those, those techniques and that message back to your organization and share it with everybody else. Um, when I go teach a class, I'll tell you, there is nothing I'm teaching you that's proprietary. Nothing. The fire service has been around for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. All right. We've been ever since firefighters have been dumping in the buildings to go do a search. The searches have evolved. Okay, but nothing's changed. We're still in crappy conditions looking to pull people out so they can make it another day. Nothing's proprietary. Take it back and share it. So many people hold the fact that knowledge is power and it is, but share it. Like there's so many people that won't teach you anything because they don't want you to be able to take their spot or they want to be a, a, the, the sole truck operator on that company or the sole engineer or whatever. No. Nah. Those aren't the right people to be around. Share that information. Put it out there. It's the only way we get better as a whole. You heard it there. Um, preaching. That's what I call it. It's preaching, man. And, and we're, we're just like you. I'm just trying to spread the good word out there of just, just, just caring about this job. So I appreciate having you on today, sir. I appreciate you doing it. Keep on keeping on. This is, this is what the organization, this is what it needs. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, sir. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.